0: This is the Clinical Pharmacology Podcast with Nathan Tusher, where I discuss clinical pharmacology and pharmacometrics topics from the perspective of drug development scientists. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope all of you had an enjoyable and safe New Year celebration. I enjoyed spending time with my family and watching the University of Michigan football team win the Rose Bowl in thrilling fashion. I completed my graduate work in Ann Arbor with David Smith, and I really enjoyed watching the hard-fought contest between the two great teams. I'm recording this before the championship game against the University of Washington, so I wish the Wolverines success tonight, M go blue. I'm going to talk about allometry as it relates to pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics in today's episode. I'll start with an overview of the principles of allometry and how they were developed, Then I'll discuss two of the primary uses for allometry, extrapolation from adults to adolescents and pediatrics, and extrapolation from animal data to set first in human dose levels. I hope that at the end of this episode, you have a better understanding of allometry and how it should and should not be used in your development efforts. There are many publications in the literature regarding various aspects of allometry, it's been around for quite a long time. However, the one that helped me to best understand allometry is a 1982 manuscript by Harold Boxenbaum of the University of Connecticut titled Interspecies Scaling Allometry Physiological Time and the Ground Plan of Pharmacokinetics. There's a link to this publication in the show notes. In the manuscript, Boxenbaum suggests that differences in drug clearance between species has a mathematical relationship that can be calculated, and those differences follow a consistent pattern across species and across drugged compounds. This fundamental realization and the subsequent evidence that he and others provided gives the basis for how we use allometry in our work today. What Boxenbaum did was create a plot of the plasma clearance values of methotrexate on the y-axis and the species body weight on the x-axis for five species, mouse, rat, monkey, dog, and man. Then he fit the data to a power model with plasma clearance as the independent variable and body weight as the dependent variable. He estimated the intercept and the exponential term the estimated exponent for change in clearance with changes in body weight was 0.69. He repeated this same analysis for the volume of distribution for methotrexate and arrived at an estimated exponent of 0.918. He repeated this for seven additional drugs and found that the estimated exponents were very similar to what was determined for methotrexate. This work provided the basis for a number of future analyses with many drugs that has led to the use of the standard allometric exponent of 0.75 for clearance and 1.0 for volume of distribution. What these numbers mean is that for every 1 kilogram increase in body weight, there is a less than proportional increase in clearance. An individual that is 77 kilograms has a body weight that is 10% larger than an individual that weighs 70 kilograms. However, clearance will only be about 7% larger. This is consistent with our understanding of metabolic rates in smaller species being faster relative to body size than in larger species. For volume of distribution, increase in body size are proportional to increases in volume. I believe this is because the volume term is simply a scaling term to connect the amount of drug administered to the concentration measured in the body. And all species have similar body compositions with respect to muscle, bone, and fat, so that the volume scales proportionally to weight. Obviously, if we were going to evaluate species that have dramatically different body compositions, this principle may not hold. For example, insects and whales have dramatically different body compositions from humans or other mammals that we use in drug development research. The use of an exponent of 1 for volume is nearly universally accepted. However, there are different values that you may encounter for the clearance exponent. The first value is 0.67, which is based on comparing body surface areas across species. Body surface area scales even less proportional than body weight. I encountered this value in my early work, but have not seen it used in the past 5 to 10 years. Practically, both exponents would likely give similar qualitative results when they're used for allometric scaling. The difficulty is that most work is done today with body weight and not body surface area. So using 0.75 for clearance is likely to be more commonly accepted. Another exponent I have seen is 0.85, which I sometimes have seen used for allometric scaling of monoclonal antibodies. I believe this was derived from a few example antibodies under development some 15 or 20 years ago. However, I can't find references to those previous work. More recent data with antibodies suggests that clearance mechanisms are very species and target dependent. So using allometric principles for clearance of antibodies is generally discouraged. Thus, I don't recommend using 0.85 either. For small molecules, I would recommend using an exponent of 0.75 for allometric scaling of clearance. If you don't have a small molecule, I would use the data you have to develop a custom exponent for your molecule. If you're already in clinical development, the most likely time to use allometric scaling is when you are trying to extrapolate from adults to adolescents and pediatrics. I discussed the concepts of pediatric extrapolation in detail in episode 7 of this podcast, so go back and listen to that again. But essentially, before you administer a drug for the first time to patients under the age of 18, you have to provide an estimate of what exposure might be in those patients. The best and most well-accepted method is to use allometric scaling from adults to pediatrics down to the age of 5 years old. To do that, you usually want to reestimate your population PK model from adults and include body weight as a covariate with a fixed exponent of 0.75 for clearance and 1.0 for volume. Body weight should be normalized to 70 kilograms using division. Mathematically, a subject who weighs less than 70 kilograms will have a body weight ratio less than 1, and a subject who weighs more than 70 kilograms will have a body weight ratio greater than 1. You should include the body weight effects on both the central and peripheral compartment parameters. This reestimation will give a new slightly adjusted value for the clearance and volume for a typical 70 kilogram adult. Now with the updated model, you can simulate exposure for a 20 kilogram adolescent subject. That subject will have 71% lower clearance and 61% lower volume of distribution with lower clearance you will get higher exposure. Using the same dose as adults, the relative exposure metric will increase in adolescent and pediatric subjects as the body weight gets smaller. This is often why smaller doses are needed in pediatric patients. Thus, if you want to match total exposure or AUC, a 27 kilogram patient needs approximately half the dose of a 70 kilogram adult. And an 11-kilogram pediatric patient needs approximately one-quarter of the dose of a 70-kilogram adult. If you're matching peak exposure, then a 35-kilogram pediatric patient will need half the dose of a 70-kilogram adult. And an 18-kilogram patient would need one-quarter of the dose of a 70-kilogram adult. Sometimes people will suggest using estimated exponents for volume and body weight when extrapolating from adults to pediatrics. I don't recommend this, except in very unique situations. First, you're normally extrapolating because you have little or no data in adolescents or pediatric patients. Thus, an estimated exponent would be derived from a very narrow weight band, or at the least, weights that are significantly larger than the pediatric patients whom you're trying to simulate. Thus, the likelihood that those estimated exponents are accurate for pediatric patients can't be confirmed and probably not even trusted. In essence, using those estimates ignores over 50 years of clinical data on other small molecules and assumes that your molecule is somehow different. It's likely not that different, so don't do it. An exception might be if you don't have a small molecule, in which case I would perform two extrapolations, one with estimated exponents and then one with the fixed allometric exponents. If you are in preclinical development and have not yet filed your IND, you will likely need allometry to predict a first in human dose level. Selection of the first in human dose involves more than just pharmacokinetic considerations, but an estimation of the expected exposure in humans is a necessary component of that evaluation, and it's often the driving force behind setting the first in human starting dose. So, how do you use allometry? The first and obvious method is to follow what Boxenbaum did in his 1982 publication. Plot volume and clearance parameters across a range of species versus body weights, and then fit a power model to the data. First, I would use the fixed allometric exponents and only estimate the coefficient values. Then I would fit both the coefficient and exponent parameters. Using each equation and the uncertainty in the parameters, you should be able to construct confidence intervals around the expected clearance and volume values for a 70 kilogram human subject. Then, use those predicted exposure, then use those values to predict exposure levels. The estimated exposure levels can then be compared to the exposures from toxicology studies that were associated with the no observed adverse effects level. The direct comparison of predicted human exposures to observed exposures in animals at the NOAEL, or No Observed Adverse Effect Level dose, is the best way to start selecting doses for first in human. This type of analysis assumes that bioavailability is similar across species, which may or may not be accurate. You could use PBPK models to predict human bioavailability and compare that to absolute bioavailability in animal species. In my experience with oral medications, unless the absolute bioavailability is less than 10%, or if uptake is primarily transporter-mediated, the assumption of similar bioavailabilities is probably reasonable. Bioavailability for subcutaneous, intramuscular, and topical are different and really requires specialized models to ascertain the differences between animals and humans. Once you have identified the human equivalent dose from allometry, you will then apply a safety factor to further reduce the starting dose. A safety factor of 10 is commonly used. However, that value can be modified based on the pharmacology of the drug product, the intended patient population, manufacturing capabilities, and more variables usually safety factors larger than 10 are not contested by regulators and safety factors less than 10 require significant support that ensures subject safety i've included a link to the fda guidance on selection of first in dose first in human doses for further reading a couple additional topics before i close Uh, first is the idea of allometric scaling and pharmacodynamics I am not aware of any studies that have consistently shown that there is a standard adjustment for either toxicologic or pharmacologic effects of drugs in animals and humans. At first glance, this might seem strange. I just spent the past 15 minutes extolling the virtues of allometric scaling for clearance and volume of distribution from mice to humans. I said it works great. It's easy to do and all you need are a couple exponents. Now I'm saying something different but I'm not. Here's why. Pharmacokinetics is a study of how the body handles exogenously administered substances. The mechanisms by which the body handles these drug products are relatively conserved across mammalian species. Thus, how a mouse handles a drug to eliminate it from the body is very similar to how a human would. For that reason, the absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion of the drug is scalable across species. Pharmacodynamics is a study of how the drug affects the biological system. The biological systems are not identical between species. Cats can see really well in the dark. Humans cannot. Dogs have a fantastic sense of smell and can hear things that humans cannot. Humans walk upright and have opposable thumbs. Most mammals do not. While we generally have conserved our metabolic systems across species, other functional systems can vary widely between species. Thus, pharmacodynamic effects in humans and animals can be very, very different. As an example, give a human a chocolate and they will smile at you as they eat it. Give that same amount of chocolate to a dog And they might die pharmacologic effects are not conserved across species therefore allometric scaling really isn't useful for pd endpoints however as i discussed in podcast episode 15 quantitative systems pharmacology or qsp models can be used to scale across species these models describe the intricate biological processes that occur in each species and can be used to extrapolate effects across species. However, these models are generally focused on a specific area, so a model would need to be built for each pharmacologic effect that is of interest. The last item is one that was shared with me a few years ago by a colleague. That person said, quote, don't call it allometric scaling unless you're using the fixed exponents, close quote. I used to use the term allometric scaling just to mean, hey, I'm scaling by body weight. But I think that the term should really be reserved for the case when you're using the fixed allometric exponents of 0.75 for clearance and 1.0 for volume. In all other cases, you're creating an empirical model that uses body weight as a covariate for clearance and volume, and the estimated exponents are just based on the data at hand not the past 50 or 60 years of drug development research. All right, in conclusion, allometric scaling is the theory that clearance and volume of distribution can be scaled using body weight across species or across body sizes within a species. The allometric exponent for clearance parameter is 0.75, and for the volume parameter, it's 1.0. Allometry and pharmacokinetics, in my opinion, can be primarily attributed to the work that Harold Boxamon did in his publication in 1982. Great. I hope you learned more about allometry and how it's used in pharmacokinetics and how not to use it for pharmacodynamics. And uh, happy to hear your comments and thoughts on this. Send me a message. Send me an email. The links are in the show notes. Have a great week and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. For more information, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me an email to Nathan at Tushersolutions.com or sign up for my newsletter at Tushersolutions.com forward slash newsletter. The newsletter is a copy of the show notes sent to your email each time an episode is released. Also, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to the show. Thank you.